Football's fun. And, and we talk about it. And we talk about our teams. And if you've ever noticed, when your team is doing well, nobody says, come on. Tell me about your team. I mean, let's just be honest. Have you met an Alabama fan since Saban showed up that didn't talk about the Alabama football team? I mean, they have no problem. And us Auburn guys, you know, we, it kind of depends what kind of season we're having. You can get all your other schools. I know there's a lot of different schools represented. Colorado, Air Force, different ones, you know, Alabama State, whatever. But we, we talk about it. You know, and then I got to thinking about this thing about we talk about those things we love. Uh, you, you remember when you got that girlfriend or that boyfriend or then, it, or then you get to college and like this is the one you really think, man, this is the one I want to spend the rest of my life with. And then you get engaged and you go and tell everybody. I remember when we had our first child, when we had Rachel, I, I remember being at the hospital. Uh, Donna had to be induced, so it was that Pitocin drip, and you stay there all day. And, uh, you know, poor Keith, you know, she's having a baby. I'm just in this little chair going, hey, come on, we need to have a baby, you know. And we're there all day. But I tell you what, when finally she brought our wonderful little girl into the world, and I, and I said, I got to escape a minute. I need to go get something to eat. And I went to eat. And I never will forget I walked in, and I started just telling everybody at the salad bar that I'm a daddy. I got a little girl. People didn't care. But I cared. I wanted the world to know. You know, that's what happened with me with Jesus almost 41 years ago. I met him on my college campus. And when he radically changed my life, I began to tell people about the good news of Jesus, the grace of God, the mercy of God, the rescue of God in my life. And pretty much I hadn't shut up for about 41 years. And, and, and the way I look at it, as long as I live, I'm going to continue to do that. How about you? Don't you tell people about things that you really, really love, things that you're really devoted to, really care about. And, you know, we have no problem with that, you know. And nobody ever has to encourage you to speak about something you love. You just do. You just speak about it because... You're affectionate about it. You care about it. It has priority in your life. It's just powerful. You know, um, but when it comes to Jesus, I understand this. I hadn't always been a preacher, although for 36 years I have. But I, I, I can remember sometimes talking to people, it, it, it can get a little hard. You can get a little fearful, a little afraid. And, I, and somebody's like, man, yeah, I know what you're talking about now. And sometimes when you talk to those closest to you and to your family members, if, they don't, if they're not Christians, if they're not following Christ, that gets difficult. I, I remember doing that with my dad and how hard that was. And, and I remember setting those times up and praying for an appointment with him. And, and the other day I was reading a story about a, 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 this guy, this well-known pastor, and he talked about how... He almost made it an idol out of his family. He loved his family. He wanted their respect. He wanted their honor. He cared for them deeply. So he, he just didn't talk to his grandma about Christ. Oh, he loved her. He loved eating her food. He loved sitting at her table. He loved being her prized possession. He loved being bragged about. But he just seemed to love family more than he did Christ at that point. And the story went on to say, man, she died. And he had never really shared Christ with his grandma. He said, but with my other grandma, I made sure I learned a lesson that I was not going to be afraid again, that I was going to tell them about the good news. I was going to tell them about Jesus, about his redemptive plan for my life. We're in this series that you that have come in with us this week. It's called Gospel Fluency. And our prayer is that we, as a congregation, you that have joined us today, that you would get saturated, that you would get immersed into this gospel. And the church said, 
And it would become so infectious, you would just begin to tell people. Let me, let me tell you, this is, this is how crazy I am about my team. I got a, I got a mailbox and got a, little, got a little flagpole out there. And, uh, and I fly my flag on game day. Nobody says, hey, you're going to fly your flag? Man, I go out there, I'm waving it, walking down the driveway. Put it up. And I'm an Auburn fan. I can't imagine if I was an Alabama fan, but I put it up. But let me tell you something else I put down there on that flag day. I'm a huge patriotic guy. I love America. I love our country. I put red, white, and blue up a lot every time I can. Flag day, Independence, Memorial Day. I put it out there. And I'm waving it. You're saying, you're a fool. Where you live at? I want to come watch you do that. Well, come on. I'll, I'll let you wave one too. You know what I'm saying? But I do that because it means something to me. I have an allegiance to it. So in this series, I'm just trying to encourage, inspire, motivate, proclaim the riches of Christ. That somehow you might go, this is the one that I choose to follow. But it's for me and my house, we will serve the, the Lord. Joshua 24, 15. I've always loved that passage. And you're saying, well, man, somebody in our chapel did that, man. But that's what it is. You, you just tell people. You, you, you just tell people when you're in love with that person. And nobody has to remind you. One of the main reasons for this series that y'all have come in today is, is to establish us, to root us deeply in our faith in Christ for why we have a hope, why we believe that somehow we might begin to seek and seize the opportunities to share the gospel, to share Christ, that we believe the truth that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that Jesus Christ saves, and that Jesus Christ fulfills, and Jesus Christ sustains and strengthens you. Jesus Christ gives you joy unspeakable. How many believe that today? Man, that's what I've kind of talked about. I could talk about teams, I could talk about this and that, and you might like it, you might not, but I got to tell you, whether you like or don't like him, and people are going to say, man, what do you talk about every weekend? You, I'm like, I know you talk a lot, I know you're verbose of mouth, don't say amen, but you just always seem to have a word about Jesus, and I, as long as I got lips, did you hear that song ever be? His praise will sometimes be on my lips. I know what that song said. It said it'll ever be on my lips. It's just going to come out. There's something. Did you hear that other song? How beautiful is the name of? Oh, come on. Let's say it loud. How beautiful is the name of? Oh, I can't wait to hear that on my podcast on my walk in the morning when I hear Jesus. I'm probably going to shout it out loud. Somebody going to think, what is he over there preaching again? All right. All right. Let me, let me get you. Did you bring your sword? Did you bring the word? Or if you didn't, just take the one of the person next to you, okay? Oh, just say that somebody held their phone up. Glory to God. And somebody else over there going, hey, this service is getting a little slow. What are we doing when this service is over? We're going to a burger burn, okay, for you. All right. The rest of us are going to eat a good one. Here we go. All right, Romans. Turn to Romans chapter 1. I just want to read a couple, a few verses to you. Start with verse 8. I'll let you stay seated because you look like you're comfortable, okay? First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is being reported all over the world. God, whom I serve with my whole heart in preaching the gospel of his son, is my witness. How constantly I remember you in my prayers at all times. And I pray that now at last, by God's will, the way may be open for me to come to you. I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. 
That is that you and I may mutually may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. And I do not want to be you to be unaware, brothers, that I have planned many times to come to you, but have been prevented from doing so until now, in order that I might have a harvest among you, just as I've had among the other Gentiles. I love this little section in Romans, one of my favorite books, epistles of, 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 of God's Word. This is such a powerful writing. And here it is, he Paul, he's got a pastor's heart, and he is grateful. He is thankful for the church. He is thankful for converts. He's thankful for disciples. Here's what I'd say to you this morning. As the pastor of this church, I am thankful for the people that gather here, that come here, that visit here. In my prayers that somehow there would be an open door that I would have an opportunity to connect with your heart through the riches and the wonders and the joys of Christ that somehow you might consider Him and that you would give me access to your heart and that heart might be open wide that Christ might come and He might establish you, that He might do a new work in you that Christ might change you I got to tell you your grandmother's praying for you your aunt is praying for you. your mom your dad your brother your coach your friend there are people praying for you I have never met all the people that prayed for me you see before I met Christ I was a wild long-haired use your imagination pagan why is that funny came down to about here Julie remember she went to high school with me just crazy but man, Christ, man, when he invades a life, it's new. There's a new creation in that boy. There's a new creation in that girl. Christ has come to change. And you know, parents have dreams for your kids, don't you, parents? We all have dreams. And we have dreams for our kids. And we have dreams for our grandkids that they would do more and go farther and ha accomplish more. But at the end of the day, my prayer for all of you, is it somehow you would pursue and get to know this Christ better than you've ever known him? That you would love him more today when you leave the Christ Community Campus than when you came in? That you would avail yourself to him that he might do something great? I'll just go ahead and give you three words and then I'm going to break it down. You're saying, man, that's just what preachers do. Here it is. No, no poems, though, okay? I'm not going to give you any poems. Here it is. Three things. That your faith will be famous. That your faith will be fortified and your faith will be fruitful. And I'll do that in order, so uh, I don't want them to run it all together. But we'll walk through those, because I want our faith to be strong. I want it to resonate with God, that it blesses Him. Here, the first blank is, just fill it in, famous faith. That's what I think Paul is asking for the church there at Rome. He's asking for the believers, for the Gentiles there, for the people that have gathered, for the people that have gathered here today and all across the world that gather in the church, that the, Paul was thankful for now a Christian church, for the presence of Christ that was dwelling in people, and that this faith was not some dark or some crazy leap. It wasn't some leap into the dark, but this was a leap of faith into the hands of a holy God, into the hands of a God that could redeem. This faith would be rooted in history throughout the ages. This faith would be experiential. When you walk with Christ, it is an experiential faith that He comes to dwell in here and begins to rearrange and make new and transform and opens us up to the realities of life the way that He's intended. Is anybody grateful for the presence of Jesus Christ? 
And that's what I'm inviting you to, a great invitation that the gospel calls us to know him, to turn, to follow him. And this is not some myth that started, that was being spread throughout the world. This was truth, the embodiment of the truth. The Lord Jesus, that here is a man that had probably never even been to Rome, but he was proclaiming the gospel. He had uh, proclaimed it to so many people and converts and disciples that showed up everywhere because of the preaching Paul. And, And then Paul says in one of his letters, it's my life verse. Philippians 1.21. Oh, for me, to live is Christ. Oh, but to die is gain. But for me to live would be Jesus Christ in the body, that I would be connected to him. But far better it be that I would be in the glories of heaven with Christ. But for me to live in this life, in this present age, may my life be about the famous one, the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, you are the one that is trustworthy. If you make notes out there about famous one, just write down the word, Christ is trustworthy. I know in your life, maybe you've not been trustworthy at times. Turn to the person next to you and tell them an example. When you, no, don't do, don't do that. Some of you are like, hey, pastor, my teacher's sitting next to me. I, I don't want it. Okay, okay. Here's the thing. But Christ is eternally trustworthy. Christ has never failed us. Christ is to be trusted for all the ages because of his value, because of his worth, because of his eternal significance, because of his unblemished, perfect life. You know, this faith was famous. This faith of the risen Christ was being proclaimed in Rome in regions to follow. This faith was amazing. And here's what I got to thinking in 2018. Paul didn't have any social media. How could it be? There was no social media. There was no web. There was no cell phones to connect. Hey, I'll tell you a story about Julie. Y'all, y'all know Miss Julie? You know Miss Beard over there? I always want to call her Julie Turner because that was her maiden name. But anyway, Julie. She remembers this. When we were in high school, Julie and my Donna and, and Mark and us... We grew up here in Montgomery, and we lived over somewhere in East Montgomery, and we would drive on the Atlanta Highway in our car. Paid 48 and 50 cents a gallon. I know you're going, how old are y'all? 100? Yeah, probably. Okay. And there was a place. You'd be riding down the road, and you could feel your car. You ever been riding by Christmas cream in the car? <laughs> pulls in there. Well, our car would just pull in there. It was Burger King. And Burger King was our hangout place. It was like Arnold's on Happy Days, okay? And you would pull in there. And you pull in there because we didn't know what a cell phone was. And we pulled in there because there we might catch the latest news. There we might connect with somebody that had something going on inside us. And we were always going to Burger King to connect. That was like the hub of East Montgomery. Am I telling a lie, Julie? I mean, that was it. And y'all are going, y'all are pitiful. Pitiful. I know y'all are going. You're like... Hey, y'all meet me at the, at the, at the cookout, I'll tell you. But, but here's the thing. Today, you just pull out your phone and you connect. You know, I connect every week with people all over the world, all over the country, sharing prayer requests, sharing life, doing life. I love it. I can't imagine if Paul had had us pulled out a cell phone and said, we're fixing to share the gospel right now in that area. Going to them. And there's a lot of evil happens, but there's a lot of good that happens with this. I'm trying to build a case for it here. Yeah. Hey, let me give you a couple of scriptures here. I think it's going to come up. Ephesians 1.15. I hope it comes up. Please, Lord, let it come up. 
Oh, thank you. I was like, I know it's supposed to come on there. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, says Paul, remembering you in my prayers. I love that scripture. Just write down Ephesians 1, 15 and 16. Now, the next one's going to be Colossians 1, 4. And you say, I speak the word of God because the word of God is eternal. It has power. Because we have heard of your faith in Christ. Jesus and the love that you have for all God's people. Man, that faith was contagious. That faith was promoting. That faith was awesome. And then 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 8. Listen to God's word. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. It was going everywhere, reaching out. Therefore, we don't need... Or we did not need to say anything about it because that faith had already permeated. That faith had already saturated. That faith had already enveloped people. And you know, that's what I'm praying for SUA and I'm praying for our faith family and people to have gathered. That somehow this gospel becomes so immersed in your DNA that Christ becomes the prize, the presence, the power, the authority for your life that you saturate, that you advance the kingdom of Christ wherever you find yourself. And that people somehow begin to consider and people begin to give glory to God with you and you declare the praises of the Almighty God. God, we love you. You are famous. Lord, our faith, we want it to be famous. Your reputation, let me say this to you. Your reputation will follow you all the days of your life. And you're saying, man, i got to pick my game up. Or man, I've got a pretty good witness. That is excellent. And it's never too late to change. It's never too late to repent, to turn from that even today and say, Lord, I want my reputation. You see, if you'd have known me in high school, this would have been the last place I would have been, church. Number two, I would have never come up on this stage. No, 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 no. But man, when Christ, I was like, man, Christ gave me a a, a do-over. He gave me a new start. He gave me a new beginning. And he became my reputation. He became my testimony you know that's the great thing about high school you know if i have some regrets one of my regrets was i didn't walk with jesus till i hit troy university troy state then i wish i could have gone back and lived those three years in high school as a disciple and ambassador for jesus christ oh how i had influence oh how i had friends oh how i was crazy i was crazy for the devil i wasn't crazy for god But I've decided I want to be a fool for Christ. I want to live for his name. And I'm just trying to encourage some young people. I'm trying to encourage some older people today to say, I'm a believer in Christ. And because of this little simple letter here in Romans, I want to be stronger. I want to be stronger in my faith. And my aim here today is that somehow Christ would just motivate you at new levels. He would push you. It's like on the, on the ball field, you, you, you practice every day because you want to get better. You want to improve. Well, that's what the church is. The church is an equipping place. The, the church is a training place. The church is a place of evangelism. The church is a place of discipleship. It's a place of great worship. It's a place to confess your sins. It's a place to eat burnt hamburgers, I suppose. It's just a place. It's a place that we gather. And Scripture says don't forsake assembling as some are in the habit of doing. That's when we come. In the psalmist in chapter 40, verses 8 through 10, if you just want to write it down, because it's not going to come up on the screen. It says, I desire to do your will, O God. Your law is within my heart. 
I proclaim your saving acts in the great assembly. I do not seal my lips, Lord, as you know. I do not hide your righteousness in my heart. I speak of your faithfulness and your saving help. I do not conceal your love and your faithfulness from the great assembly. And here's what I would put my words on there. Tell somebody. Let us praise. Let his words be on your tongue. Like, Lord, I just decided that uh, I need to tell somebody about your love today. See, everybody in here, if you're in Christ, you have a witness. If you're not in Christ, you could be today. And you begin to tell others about the good news. That's what gospel means. It just means good news. You herald, you proclaim, you let it out there. You, you take steps. You see, unless you tell somebody, they don't know if you're a Christian. I, I know lots of non-Christians that have better morals than a lot of Christians I know. They're, they're kinder. They're more generous. They're not mean. Don't look at anybody, but have you ever met a mean Christian? I have. And I meet some people that I'm like, man, they're a Christian, but man, ugh. But, and there's aspects of our lives that we don't match up and Christ is working in us. But sometimes you just meet people that they're generous, they're kind, they're forgiving. They just seem to be good. But here's what I've learned about gospel. Our goodness is as filthy rags unto the Lord. It won't cut it. We fall short of the glory of God. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. That's good news. That's for people like me that need a perfect Savior because I'm a mess. I've been walking with Christ a long time, but I need His blood applied to me today and tomorrow and all the days for eternity. Lord, this trying to work my way into heaven, man, that's a myth that religion came up with a long time ago. You see them out on the streets, different people that are confused, and they're trying to earn their way to God. You'll never earn it. It's a free gift. It's the gift of God. It's the grace of God. It's the mercy of God. Oh, Lord, you are perfect. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Let's look at the second one. Fortified faith. So we have a famous faith. Now, a fortified faith. Fortified means to strengthen, to invigorate, to make stronger. Paul knew in this letter here that they had a faith. Look at verse 11 again. He says, I might impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong, that I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. See, you're looking at Paul going, Paul was a spiritual giant. He was like Coach Granger. He knows the game. He knows where they're going before they even do it. He's smart. Well, I know he's smart. But you see, Coach Granger learns from other coaches, and he learns from you, and it's a mutual thing. And in the body of Christ, we learn one from another. I cannot tell you how much I learn from this congregation, from our leadership, from believers, from people that we have dialogue, and our faith somehow spurs and pushes and challenges us. And that's what it means to be a follower of Christ. We come into a body, and we are more together than we ever would be alone. That's why I'm not so big on Internet church. I want you to be a part of a body that you can confess your sins out loud, that you can cry, that you can laugh, that you can share, that you can ask questions without looking at a screen. You know what I'm saying, church? It's just something powerful. I don't know about you. I love to hug. I'm a hugger. Any of you hugs, huggers today, just raise your hand. The rest of you, we want to get you free. Out here today, I'll hug your neck in Jesus' name. I just love to hug, man. Hugs are great, man. Hugs are free, you know? Some of you are like, I ain't getting near him. That preacher, he'll hug you, okay? I'm a lot smaller than I was three months ago. They don't hurt as much now, okay? They're a little softer, okay? But I ain't going to hurt you. We're just going to, we just want to love. We, here it is. This is a case for a shout-out to a biblical community. 
We do a thing here called small groups. Maybe you do in your church, maybe you don't, maybe you call it Sunday school. It's just where we come together for accountability and growth and to be more, to build a solid foundation in Christ. And so I encourage you to do that. Along the way, we come to know Christ. But you know what I've learned? Doubts creep in along the journey of faith sometimes. Hobbies, they can crowd out Jesus. Distractions, oh my goodness, that's a message in itself. Man, distractions are so many. And when those things happen, we sometimes tend to unstick from our faith like we know we should. So my prayer today is that somehow somebody might be encouraged to be reapplied, to reconnect with Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. Maybe you're walking with him great, or maybe you've drifted today. You want to return to the God of heaven. You want to return to the God of your faith. Or maybe you're saying, well, I've never really considered that. I don't know. My, my prayer is that you would begin to take the invitation to worship seriously. And you would honor him, and you'd worship him, and you'd put him. And, and then somehow you would, uh, uh, there would be spiritual evidences in your life. Let me give this to you real quick because I've I, I got to move rather quickly. But here are spiritual evidences that you're standing strong. It won't come up on the screen. This is free because you came. Some of you are like, oh, I don't want anything free. Well, the hamburger is free. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Number one. Firm convictions. When you are in Christ and you're growing your faith and you're maturing in Christ, you don't operate out of your politics. You don't operate out of your opinions. You begin to operate out of a biblical worldview called God's Word. And you begin to see what it is. And you begin to firm convictions that God forms in you. Secondly, you have an increased confidence. You begin to grow in your trust because God's track record is perfect and He has been faithful in the past and He'll be faithful in the future. How many believe that today? Our God is faithful. Give me a big amen. amen. He's faithful. Man, He has never failed. Now, i got to say this. His timing and mine, they ain't even on the same universe. Sometimes I think He's a little slow in getting to me. But He knows what is best. And His timing is perfect for my life and yours. And we trust Him. He increases our confidence. The other thing is, when we have a spiritual evidence, there's missional courage in our life. Um, we begin to step out into unknown territory with Christ. You at SUA, let me just tell you right now. Uh, I'm curious about this. How many of you are seniors? Seniors, hold up your hands high. Okay, a few of you. How many of you are juniors? Hold those hands up. Okay. How many are sophomores? Okay. How many are freshmen? Okay. We got any younger and freshmen? We got any eighth graders? You, you, no, you can't raise it twice. You already raised it once. Okay, here we go. All right. Man, you're so smart. You duly enrolled. Okay, here it is. But you know why I did that? I did that because I wanted y'all to stretch your arms and I wanted to see your muscles. No, that's not why I did it. I did that because I'm, I'm just curious because some of you are seniors and, and you're, before you know it, it'll be the end of the semester. You're going, praise the Lord. And then you got one more and you'll graduate. And then some of you will have a while to go yet. And that just gives you more time on that campus in the sphere of influence to make Christ known, to step out into missional new territory. And for all you going, I'm glad he's an example. I've been out of school a long time, Pastor. I'm just coasting for Jesus. No, uh uh, uh, you ain't getting off that easy. Wherever you are, God wants us, me, all of us, to step out and have impact there in our realm of influence how many believe that today that's what god wants man god's going to give us a, an opportunity here and then god gives us hopeful contentment there is always hope when you find yourself in jesus christ 
It just fortifies your faith. Uh, I need physical and spiritual exercise. The Scripture teaches that. And, and so many of you are so good about physical exercise, especially athletes. You just you understand that. But I would say that there's one more profitable, and it's spiritual exercise. That you begin to develop and fortify spiritual habits in your life that will make you strong for the journey of faith this side of heaven that you might enjoy all the glories of heaven and you have that great vision of faith god begin to fortify us in here and stretch our spiritual muscles how many of you stretch before you go exercising uh, well i guess i could ask the question how many of you exercise but now i won't even ask that okay well anyway but they teach us you stretch before you get into full pursuit it keeps from pulling muscles and all that Oh, here's what I'm asking. I'm a spiritual coach. That's what I am. I w- I w- I've been chaplain of many football teams over the years, and that just means I'm a spiritual coach. And so I stretch people spiritually. I, I, you know, I'm not a football coach. I wish I was, and I admire them. And Like Coach Granger, I remember when I used to watch him when I was with him every Friday night. He'd be talking about stuff like, I don't even know what he's talking about, but if Bill said it, do it. And they'd be like, man, you're crazy. Like, I don't know, I'd, I'd like Coach Granger. He knows what he's doing. He, he just called the right defense. And, 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 when, and Coach Granger called the wrong call, I just covered my head and walked out. I don't know what he did, man. No, he didn't call the wrong call. Bill, you're not coaching the defense anymore, are you? You are? Okay, all right. All right, here we go. So here it is. So we look at our faith. We got famous faith. We got fortified faith. Let me tell you what else we got. Move very quickly with me. We want to have fruitful faith. Fruitful faith. And I'm sorry, part of my Bible just fell apart here. I'm sorry, what happened there? All right. This fruitful faith that God has come, that he produces a profit, that he produces a produce. He produces a harvest that the scripture talks about. That there's spiritual reproduction out of your life spiritually that you are making disciples. Not making converts. Converts is good. We get converted to the gospel. That's good. But that's a starting place. The the goal is that we mature and grow when we become disciples of Christ and we begin to live to please Him. That people look at us and somehow it's recognizable. It's just recognizable that Christ is doing a transforming work on the inside. I am confident of this very thing, that He who began a good work in me will perfect it against the day of christ jesus that's what the scripture says that you begin to bear fruit you begin to bear good fruit so you you bear two kinds of fruit you bear bad fruit nobody wants that or you bear good fruit and that's what i've really come to hold up today is that god would lead us to bear the fruit of righteousness the fruit of his holiness the fruit of his ways that this inner fruit this inner working of god the holy spirit in our life it begins to affect our actions and our words and our activities and those things somehow began to honor god more than they did then i think we're on the place that we need to be we're on a a good road to faith we're on a good journey and that we in that we don't ever work to earn our way but when we have true faith it always expresses itself in works james says faith without works is dead dead nada not alive and god says i want you to have a vibrant active faith and that faith is what i've come to proclaim today 
that you talk about what you love. It's just powerful. We supplement our faith. We grow in our virtues of faith. We grow in our knowledge of faith. We ask the Holy Spirit to produce fruit in us. We begin to have self-control in our faith. It's, we persevere in our faith. We have godliness in our faith. We have brotherly affection. I could go on and on. All of these things are a byproduct. They're a, a result of true saving faith. We pursue God energetically. We give him our best. That's what I hope will happen today, that somehow you'll increase your knowledge, but you'll go way past the knowledge base intellectually, in your heart of hearts, in your core of your being. Christ would begin to form and saturate. This gospel would begin to change my mind, my, my thinking, my ways. I, I would somehow become like him. I would begin to love people I didn't. I would begin to give my faith away. And I'm probably going to now begin to move down and somebody's like, praise the Lord. I'm, I'm going to start wrapping this thing up. I'm, I'm going to wrap it up with an, uh, ha, no pun on words when I say this. I want to wrap it up with an illustration. The other day was October 25th. Just wanted y'all to know that. I looked at my calendar and I said, it's two months and it's Jesus' birthday. It's Christmas. It's two months. It's my oldest grandson's birthday. He was born on Christmas Day. I'm going, two months. I'm going, wow. And it means it'll be a time to buy gifts and wrap. And let me just tell you, hold on, hold on, hold on. I never worked or will be hired to work in the gift package wrapping area of any store. There's something between my brain and my hands that disconnect. When, what are you laughing about? And when I, when I wrap a present, it, it's ugly. And I used to divert to my sweet bride, and she would rap for the girls and everybody. And she has so much to do now with all the grandkids and, and new kids and all this stuff. She's like, you know, wh why don't you rap? And, and she told me last year, she goes, baby, you're getting better. <laughs> she didn't say you're good. She just said you're getting better. And so I wrap her presents. That's kind of my thing. And, and can I tell you, she's in the room, but they're pitiful. I mean, I look at them and I go, it, but she's so sweet. She goes, thank you. I said, it's what's in there. Because see, here's the thing. I don't, I don't, you know, I was tempted to. I, I don't get something from the store and give it to her in her bag go, happy birthday, Merry Christmas. That ain't very good. That don't make for a good marriage, okay? I wrap it. I attempt. There, there's love that goes into that. And that's important. And some of you are like, man, well, I wrap good. Well, well that's good because I don't. But here, here's the thing. My rapping looks like a five-year-old. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just bad. But listen to what Scripture says. I'm going to tie this in and it'll make sense. 1 Peter 3.15. Write it down. 1 Peter 3.15. But in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. So you see, I don't just give gifts. I give gifts that are wrapped. And I want to wrap them with gentleness and respect. And here's why I share that thing about giving. When we give, we want to give away our faith in a kind, gentler, more kind of way. We don't want to drop bombs with the gospel. I, I've been around people, they bomb people with the gospel. It is caustic. It is harsh. It is hard. It is mean-spirited. Turn or burn. Oh, that is, I feel the love of the Father in that right now. No, you're kind. You, you listen to them. You listen to their 
crazy ways. I mean, I've been a pastor so long, I've been in the counseling room, I hear stories. Sometimes my toes, oh, ooh, oh, I, I just go, ooh. I, I've been in my office and, and, you know, and things have happened. I'm like, man, that's just uncomfortable for me and it didn't seem to be uncomfortable for them. And, and, uh, but when you share Christ, you don't want to make people feel smaller. You want to make people feel loved. You want to be so saturated with this gospel that the love of Christ compels you, but you're truth teller. You're honest. I'm not here to sugarcoat the gospel. That's not what I'm saying. But I want to be loving. I want to be fluent, that it just flows. And they're able to receive it because it's gracious. It's like those story you heard about the old beggar that found the bread. And he was so thrilled to have the bread that he had to go tell other people where the bread was so they could have some too. Well, that's what it is with Jesus. I found that Christ is a sustainer. I found that Christ is a redeemer. I found Christ is a forgiver. I found that Christ is a healer. I found Christ is my living hope. I found Christ is what I want to hitch my wagon to all the days of my life and for all eternity. Amen? And that's what I ask you to do today. That I say, Lord, I turn to you. You know what my hope is today? That somehow you will know God more fully in your minds than when you came in. You will trust God completely in your heart. Listen. And third, you will choose to obey God with all your life. So today, you'll walk out of here. I pray, you know, I want to obey this Jesus because he gives a famous faith, a fortified faith. He gives a fruitful faith. I'm going to ask Caitlin and the team to come forward. And as they do that, just look down there inside this little box. It's real simple. It says, God, your everything begins and ends with you, God. We know that. Secondly, us. We're made in the image of God. Sin is death, and it's a permanent separation from God. But thanks be to God that he made a way. Three, it's Jesus Christ the acceptable sacrifice to the Heavenly Father that He makes through His Son, Jesus. And fourth, there's always got to be a response to Him. And I want you to fill in this last blank. The only appropriate response is repentance and belief. Repent is just a big word to go. I I was walking this way after sin, full of myself. I heard the voice of God. I stopped. I turned around to him. I looked to Christ. I believed in Christ. I received the riches, the love of Christ. I became new. And I walked a different way. That's the gospel. So right now, if you would, just bow your heads with me. And we are going to have a prayer. And then we're going to have the most powerful song of worship. And then we're going to have a great fellowship over here. Okay. Lord, we are grateful for your presence this morning. And Lord, I pray that you would begin to do a greater work in the hearts of all those that have gathered. Lord, we need you. And I pray, Lord, that today someone in this room would call upon the beautiful name of Jesus to be their Savior and Lord. 
I pray they would say, you know, I understand it now. I've run a while, but it's time to come home. I want to repent. I want to change. And I want to receive Christ. I want to receive His free gift. I want to receive His forgiveness. I want to be wrapped in Him. I want to receive this gospel fully today. And I want to walk out of here new. I want to walk out of here praising the famous one of heaven. I want to follow Jesus. This morning, if there's anybody in this room that would like to have a prayer or pray something like that, would you just hold your hand up? I'm just curious. Would anybody hold their hands up to the heavens and declare, I want this Christ? There's anybody that wants that. Okay. Oh, Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you are alive and you're present and you're here. And I pray that we would trust you and choose to obey you and follow you all the days of our life. God, we thank you for this worship service experience. Thank you for our friends, our partners in education at Success Unlimited Academy. Bless them. Bless their school year. Bless their staff. Watch over them. Protect them coming and going. Bless this faith family, holy God. And make us a light in this community. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.